0: welcome everyone to a new episode of the tap i am your host author andrew hess and today we have aew dynamite uh, this was definitely an action-packed show that uh, really just kicked off right from the right from the very beginning we had darby allen and brody king in a coffin match brody king came out uh, as per usual, when it, com- uh, when it comes to the house of the black entrance, uh, Darby Allen just kind of bum-rushed him immediately, uh, attacked him with a thumb-tacked skateboard, which ripped Brody King open probably within like the first two minutes of this match. Um and a lot of hard-hitting action. It was just... It was the speed of Darby Allen and and basically his brutal form of brutality. Same thing with Brody King. It was just like massive strength and manhandling of Darby Allen. Um, You did see Darby Allen hit a code red from the top rope. Um, You saw the House of Black get involved. Buddy uh, Buddy Matthews returned um, along with um, Malachi Black on the outside of the ring. Darby Allen kind of backs up a little bit. Uh, Julia Hart appears on the opposite side of the ring, pulls Darby's leg, allowing Buddy Matthews to get the jump on him. Um, Malachi takes a seat in the corner of the ring. Brody King and Buddy Matthews just kind of destroy him for a minute, and then Buddy Matthews goes to open up the coffin so this way they could throw Darby in it, and there's Sting uh, popping up right there. He uh, takes out Buddy Matthews with the baseball bat, um, Brody King is down, and Sing just enters the ring, tosses the bat over to Malachi Black, like, Go ahead, use it. Come on. And Malachi just, ta- you know, kind of plays with the bat for a minute, makes it look like he wants to strike Sting, and then he just says, How's your eye? And he goes, We'll, we'll see each other soon. And he just walks off, and Sting just kind of walks off after him, which was just really bizarre. But you do see on uh, Sting's left eye where he had been sprayed with the black mist, um, the this mark is still there. Um, you did have Darby Allen then use Brody King's chain to choke him out and leave him to fall right into the coffin to get the win. Uh, John Moxley and Jericho both ended up having promos as they were going to be doing battle for the uh, interim world championship. Um it was just kind of a, a basic. I don't know. I felt like it was just very basic. Um, they did go ahead and announce the brackets for the trios titles, uh, for the trios title tournament. Um, so next week we're actually having it uh kick off with um Andrade, Dragon Lee, and Roosh taking on the Young Bucks and a Mystery Partner, uh, which we're going to get into that in just a minute. Uh, you will, the winner of that match will take on Death Triangle will Os- uh, versus Will Ospreay and Aussie Open. On the opposite side of the brackets, you have the House of Black taking on the Dark Order and the Trustbusters taking on the Best Friends. So it'll be interesting to see how this will all play out um i really don't know how how to really take it but we will uh we'll start seeing how everything goes next week uh speaking of andrade and roosh they were in tag team action against the lucha brothers trying to f- kind of f- finalize i guess their um i guess we can go I, I guess it to try to finalize their feud but not really um great match probably one of my favorite matches of the night um little you know hokey you know like little stupid nonsense in order to get the win again but um you had penta actually hit the uh, canadian destroyer on the ring apron uh at one point roosh and this is what i was saying kind of saying about the hokeyness and uh you know, the BS stuff that they pull to, to give them the win. Um, Roosh ties Penta's mask to the middle rope um, to prevent him from being able to get in to help Ray Phoenix, uh, Andrade and Roosh kind of double team Ray Phoenix, take him out for a minute. They go to make a pin. Penta unmasks himself and jumps in to make the save. Um, Alex, uh, tries to throw in a spare mask to Penta and Andrade steps on the mask, picks it up and throws it out to the crowd. You have the fans actually cr- chanting, throw it back to try to like, you know, urge the fan who caught it to throw it back. So that's why Penta's is able to get it, but he doesn't get it in time. And you have, uh, you have Roosh hit the, his finisher on Ray Phoenix in order to get the win for their team. Next up, you had the Young Bucks uh, bring with Brandon uh, into the locker room. They get they kind of interrupt hangman Adam Page from eating and eating and speaking with the dark water. Um, they do a, a heartfelt apology, um, which seems like it was in the end of the day, it was kind of. All right, let's butter him up and make him our, our third person for our match. And they even asked him. um so they, it, it was, yeah, it was just, it was good. um But Hangman Adam Page turned him down, which leads me, it makes me wonder if Kenny Omega is going to come back or if they're just going to end up going at it, you know, uh, two on three in a handicap match. I don't really know. um But we'll see how that one plays out. Luchasaurus gets the win over Anthony Henry in a quick squash match with Jungle Boy on commentary. Christian cage comes on the big screen to taunt them for a minute. And then you have uh, J- Jurassic express come to the back looking for him. Next up, we had a video, uh, a Miro video promo um, where he's talking about the whole uh black attack on him. Uh, Julia Hart appears and she kind of runs her hand on Miro um, and says that he needs to embrace uh, the gift that they had given him. Miro says, first off, no other woman except his uh no other woman can go ahead and touch him other than his wife. And then he winds up saying how uh he will he embraces their gift, he accepts their gift, but he's going to use the gift that they've given him and destroy the house of black with it. I thought this was a strong Miro promo. I like what they've been doing with him to begin with. Um not I mean, some people really aren't, but I mean for me, I I like it. Um, you had Hobbs backstage for a quick promo that gets interrupted immediately by the factory uh, QT Marshall hold you know leading the troops uh, about the match between uh, Aaron Solo and Ricky Stark saying that they're going to take him out basically they kept acting like they're gangsters like that they that it's kind of like the whole Tony D'Angelo gimmick uh, in like a lesser form I feel like it was really stupid I hated this part that was probably like my least favorite part of the show. Jay Lethal, Sanjay Dutt, and Satnam Singh come out for a promo saying Jay Lethal wants another shot at the title. And if, he doesn't, if Wardlow doesn't come out to give him a shot at the TNT title, then they're going to just come back there and take it from him. Wardlow comes right out to fight, says, let's do this right now. He goes, you have a title match, but I'm going to whoop all three right now. As he starts marching down to ringside, FTR's music hits. They join him at ringside, and they come in ready for a fight. And, of course, Jay Lethal, Sanjay Dutt, and Satnam Singh turn tail and run away. Uh, JAS have a quick promo backstage. Then you have Ricky Starks getting the win over Aaron Solo. Uh, Nick Camarado comes out with a chair to try to take out Starks. Uh, Starks gets the better of him at first, and then Aaron Solo stops him. Uh, looks like he's about to get kind of knocked out, and then uh, Ricky Starks was able to counter, slip away, and then as the rest of the factory comes down, Ricky Starks jumps the barricade and runs and celebrates in the audience. Uh, you have an Ass Boys promo uh, where it's the Gun Club backstage, Billy Gunn kind of telling them that they need to take things more seriously. Uh, Stokely Hathaway comes in to try to recruit the ass boys. Uh, Billy Gunn basically puts uh, the kibosh on that one. Best friends, Orange Cassidy, have a promo where uh, Parker, Ari Davari, and J-Slim, or Slim J, whatever his name is, kind of interrupt and want Orange Cassidy to join with them, Um, but he tells them no and uh, Ari Davari says that he's going to make Orange Cassidy pay for that. Uh, Jade Cargill retains the TBS Championship, going now thirty-six and zero as she retains the championship in a match against Madison Reigns. Um, Madison Reigns is one of the people I meant to actually cover this last week. Um, they they wound up increasing uh, a few things when it comes to AEW backstage. Uh, some of the people are who are producers or kind of coaches were now kind of getting, um, uh, basically getting new positions in the company to help better communication. I'm guessing this is kind of going back to the whole ROH thing with Jonathan Gresham. Uh, but in, on top of all that, they brought in Madison Rain to the company as a coach and a performer. Um but basically to really help the women's division kind of flourish and become something more than what they've been doing with. So I'm looking forward to seeing what they have on that. Um, Good match between Madison reigns and Jade Cargill. You kind of almost had a, a a wish that Madison would have taken the title, but she didn't. Um, After the match though, Athena had posed as one of the, one of the baddies comes into the ring and attacks Jade Cargill. Uh, we had a thunderstorm promo where Tony Storm is apparently now the number one contender for the AEW Women's Championship due to Chris Statlander being injured. Um, basically, Thunder Rosa said, "Hey, you know this happens sometimes in the business, so you know we'll we'll deal with that when the time comes." But you know, until then, I'll I'll continue cheering you on in your matches. Finally, you had what was positively just. A great match overall but the the big moments of the night john moxley retains the aew interim championship over chris jericho yeah jericho coming out as lionheart chris jericho um and jericho is really just like vicious in this match i mean he literally ripped the earring from john moxley's ear and I'm not saying like, OK, like he ripped like a little piece of it, you know, made it look like it made, no, he legitimately ripped this thing from his ear because there was blood coming from Moxley's ear downpouring off the side of his face for most of this match. Um, it was just really bad. You had at one point, though, Chris Jericho having Moxley in the walls of Jericho. And as he does so and he's trying to get out of it, he's Moxley sitting there flipping off the camera um yeah, Sammy Guevara get involved throwing uh the Floyd the baseball bat to Jericho but it overshoots the ring completely goes completely to the opposite side of the ring and out of the ring Jericho actually had to leave the ring pick up the bat come back in the ring just barely hit Moxley without referee Aubrey uh seeing it then you had Jericho who grab the belt and charges at uh, Moxley, Moxley sidesteps and Jericho hits with the belt into the exposed ring turnbuckle. I don't know where exactly he hit, but somehow Jericho got busted open the hard way because you could see a big gash on his head and a ton of blood just starts spilling all over him. Um, Moxley does wind up getting uh, Jericho trapped. And the the rear naked uh the rear naked choke pins his arm down while he's having it in there. Jericho is forced to tap out. After the match, the JAS come out and start attacking Moxley. This brings out uh, Yuta Wheeler, uh, Claudio, Eddie Kingston, and uh, Ortiz or Santana. I can't remember which one's which. I think it was Ortiz. Um, they all charge the ring. And uh, more of the JAS come out to take the numbers. And then this was the moment that everyone will just have. They'll remember no matter what. And it's the moment that you see them all getting outnumbered. The JAS is just whooping everybody. Jericho's lining up to hit Moxley with the title belt. And then cult of personality starts playing. And out comes CM Punk, returning from his injury, takes out every member of the Jericho Appreciation Society, including Chris Jericho. He looks in phenomenal shape. He looks great. And you have the stare down between Moxley and CM Punk, knowing full well this is going to be your main event for All Out. You couldn't paint this to be a better picture for it. It actually almost makes me think that CM Punk was never injured at all. Like the, the timing, the timing for all this. It was impeccable. It was perfect timing for every of it. It really does make me wonder if CM Punk actually had the surgery and, you know, had to relearn how to walk and all this because it, was, it feels like such a short amount of time ago since he left since he declared that he was going to have to drop the title. But here he is. A month, less than a month away from all out. He's back. Tony Schiavone purposely sits there and goes, well, we don't know if he's medically cleared or not. But I think you're, he's going to be medically cleared. I think so. Whether he, Whether it's a fake injury or not, I don't really know. And I'm not going to really sit there and speculate. I just, I'm just stating that to me, it kind of feels like it could be. If it was a fake injury just to set this all up. I don't really think that it is. I think that he was legitimately hurt. I think that it's a good comeback, but I don't rule out the possibility that this was all planned. The genius mind of Tony Khan. I'm sure that it it could have easily been something as a, as a work this entire time, but that's for another time. And that's when we're going to leave off for now. We will be back. Kind of looking forward to what rampage and SmackDown have in store for us this weekend. So until next time I am author, Andrew Hessen. this has been the tap.